The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Packers fans. Um, I'm recording this at 4.11 a.m. Pacific time right now, uh, so I'm trying not to be too loud waking up the girlfriend, but it's Justice Mosqueda here. Um, I recorded a podcast with Pack-A-Day podcast Andy Herman, and I figured I would share it here on this feed. Um, it's, an hour, it's about an hour long. Um, what we ended up talking about was the 53-man roster. Uh, we ended up agreeing on 48 of the 53 guys, but we had a little debate about those last five um, split opinions. He brought up some interesting stuff I hadn't thought about. If you like it, I have some good news for you. Uh, Andy and I are going to co-host a podcast once a week, every week during the regular season. It's probably going to end up on your feed on Tuesdays. We'll probably end up recording it on Mondays. You'll be able to find that here on the APC feed and also on the Pack-A-Day feed. Um, Enjoy! What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Appreciate you joining me today. More importantly, joining me today is the one and only Justice Mosqueda. We are back together to do the great 53-man roster debate of 2023. Justice and I have not compared notes. I don't know how much of a debate this is going to be. Maybe we have the exact same 53-man roster, which is going to make for awful podcasting. But Justice, awesome to have you back. Uh, Great to be talking to you once again. Yeah, let's go. It's feeling real, right? Three preseason <laughs> yeah, games in the books. This is going to be fun, I think, because I like I like I've always told you I always respect like where your mind goes with this stuff and I think we probably are both going my guess is like maybe in the mostly the same direction but with a couple of different nuances. So, I think this is going to be fun to debate. Before we get there, we do have an announcement to make and I'm incredibly excited. Uh, Justice and I are going to be partnering together this year, both on the Pack-A-Day podcast and for Acme Packing Company. We're going to be doing a co-branded, co-sponsored uh, podcast once a week throughout the entire course of the season. So that will be up both on Acme Packing Company as well on the as the Pack-A-Day podcast, YouTube and um, our audio podcast as well. So Justice, I cannot be more excited to A, announce that and B, to be talking to you all season long. Yeah, I'm excited. You reached out to me about it, and I was like, sure. Sounds good to me. So we're going to be doing that. Anytime we get to talk Packers, it usually ends up being a pretty fun conversation. So hopefully everyone else agrees. If not, oh, well, it'll be for our enjoyment nonetheless. So uh, that's worth it in and of itself. But no, it's going to be great. I cannot wait. But but before we jump into the the actual 53, I do want to ask you, like I mentioned that this maybe could go in a couple different directions, but did you feel like this was one of the more unpredictable ones to make? Was this a easier one, a harder one? Like where's your confidence meter as far as putting together this 53 man roster? Um, I feel like the 50, I'm super confident. Those last three, you know, it can, it can go in a, a couple directions. And I think that's really what people for the most part are arguing about. I put up a post on uh, APC where it was basically like predict your own, you know, 53, like stake claim you get bragging rights if you get it right. And people pretty much are arguing about like three spots. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at too. I do think there's, well, and we'll get into all of it, but I do think some of the injury situations and maybe more mm-hmm. like even towards like a practice squad sort of determination, you know, released with an injury desert or waived injured, which means that yeah. they're probably not going to get claimed and then they get put on IR and then you got to figure out the injury designation. I feel like that kind of throws a wrench into some things like Romeo Dobbs just got hurt. Not that that's going to change his mm-hmm. status, but it could potentially change the thinking on some of the other wide receivers. Like we'll, we'll get into all of it position by position, but I do think there's a few few different ways that some of this stuff could go. And I'm very intrigued to see 
how how Brian actually manages it. But let, before we spoil all the good convo, let's jump in right away. We'll go position by position. We'll start with quarterback, which is usually always like the most fun topic to discuss anytime you're listening through. And this one, it's kind of lame and kind of boring. So let's just get it over with. I'm assuming, obviously, Jordan Love, Sean Clifford. And then I think the only question remaining is, do you have Alex Magoo on the practice squad? Do you think he just gets outright released? Or where, where are you at with Alex Magoo? Oh, they're going to have to keep a third guy on the practice squad. So, I mean, it doesn't make sense to to move off of Magoo unless – there's some project out there that you would rather have, but you know, you're one injury away from that guy having to be the backup. Right. So I just assume they're going to keep him as the, as the PS guy. Yeah. That's what I have as well. Obviously loving Clifford one, two, no third 53 man roster quarterback. I do think there's a potential possibility that if the, if the right guy gets waived, that they would potentially be interested in adding maybe a different quarterback to the practice squad. Um, but obviously any other team is going to want to keep that guy probably on their practice squad too. So um, right. I, I will say Alex Magoo makes it on the practice squad as well. And that's probably the only you know conversation that we need to have about quarterback, unless you feel otherwise. It sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I Move mean, there on. is the small minority of uh, the Sean Clifford truthers out there. You, you, wait, the Sean Clifford truthers or the Alex Magoo truthers? There's the Sean Clifford truthers who want him to start. Have you not seen that? I, I've seen that. I have seen some Alex <laughs> Magoo truthers as well uh, that feel like either he He's should. He's like five passes. I. I I don't make things I, like I'm not making it up for the sake of making it up. Like I've literally seen it. Um, you know, he's not getting a fair shake. He should be on the 53. I've even seen some like he's not getting a chance to start. I'm like, we're OK. Um, I don't even know where to go with that. But no, uh, Jordan Love. Should be Stallions fans. Yeah, I guess. Huge, huge fans. But um, no, Jordan one, Sean two, Magoo practice squad. And we'll we'll end our quarterback conversation there before we get into uh, a territory we probably don't want to go in. All right, running back is, I think, one of the interesting ones. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take over. Where, where are you at with your your head on running back? Obviously, Jones and Dylan, and then where do we go from there? I think they keep two, just like they did last season, because I don't think Patrick Taylor is significantly better than he was last offseason, and he didn't make the 53 last offseason. At the end of the day, the Packers gave 11 carries to non-Jones, non-Dylan backs last year. The third running back spot is more about playing special teams than it is actually running the rock. I think if Dylan or Jones go down, the first guy called up in that scenario, right, is going to be Emmanuel Wilson. But I think at the beginning of the season, when you need these guys to play special teams reps and stuff, I think that that nod is going to go to Patrick Taylor. But I don't think that they're really worried about him getting claimed off the practice squad. So – I think they're just going to start him there, play his two games at the beginning of the season, and then play it from here at at that point. I am the king of two running backs. I had predicted that uh, very early. I, last I fought year. against it, and then I just looked at how the numbers shook out, and I'm just kept going back to: Did Patrick Taylor impress more than he did last summer? And the answer is no. He's the same guy. I mean, he's Mister Consistent. That's why he has yeah. a job in the NFL, right? But, um. They weren't willing to pull the trigger last year. I can't imagine why that would change this year. So despite being the king of two running backs and predicting it last year, I think before just about anyone, and obviously they kept two running backs last last year, I have Patrick Taylor on my 53, and here is why. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I would not be shocked at all if they just released Patrick Taylor and brought him back in the practice squad and felt pretty darn confident that they would be able to do so. My only reasoning as of this point for keeping him on the 53 I, in, in some weird sort of way, I do feel like the Tyler Davis injury has sort of changed my thinking a little bit on how they need to sort of keep some players for special teams, because I think they're going to have to be sort of a special teams by committee. I'm not saying Patrick Taylor is going to take the Tyler Davis snaps in any way, shape or form, but I do feel like that maybe just maybe Rich Passaccia might get a bone or two at some other positions because he lost his number one special teams guy from a season ago. I do think Patrick Taylor is going to be a core special teamer for this team. And I do think, you know, he was, he's been basically the number three running back from day one. I I'm not, like I said, I I'm in complete lockstep with you where I think they can release him, get him back in the practice squad, call him up when they want to. I also was at a point where, I felt really comfortable with the 53 that I put together with Patrick Taylor on it and didn't lose anyone that I wanted to lose. 
And it just, to me, made sense of, all right, if we can get the third running back on there, he's obviously somebody that can do the third down stuff. He catches the ball well, and he can be a core special teamer. And there's a there's a reason why we'll get to maybe a little bit later, probably a position where you kept somebody that I didn't. Um, but I, I felt Patrick Taylor was going to be the, the nod over maybe one of those other guys. So I went Taylor, would not oh be goodness. shocked if they went with a different guy who also had special teams uh, experience at another position, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, a little bit later. Yeah, and that's when you know, injuries and stuff like that become important, right? Because this is such a razor thin edge at the bottom of the roster. Patrick Taylor, um, for reference, I'm the nerdy guy who watches the special team stuff, right? Um, Patrick Taylor did replace Davis as one of the wings on punt protection. And, you know, that's a position that for the most part, they play tight ends, right? That's why you see Patrick Taylor, um, having such a significant value on special teams is because he's that bigger body that can actually play in those roles. Manuel Wilson got zero starts on the four core special teams units, right? Kick, kick, return, punt, punt, return. No one makes the team because of field goal block or field goal protection, right? (laughs) Um, Tyler Goodson made one start. That was as a, you know, kick returner in, in the first game. And, um, who the, the other backs didn't get any any of those starts uh, on special teams. Patrick Taylor got eight of those opportunities. That yep. tied for, for the team high with Dolan Levitt. The only other guy with six or, or more than six is Eric Wilson, the inside linebacker, who's, you know, that's why those, those two guys, right? That's why they're in Green Bay, Levitt and Wilson special teams. So I think that's a big feather in uh, Taylor's hat. One of the things I will also, I looked at this last year of like, all right, who played the most special teams in preseason last year and how did it equate over? And like the top six guys that played special teams last year all got cut. It was like Ty Summers and Patrick Taylor and like a bunch of other guys. So I mean, I think maybe Davis. That's why I just look at the starts now. I don't, I don't care about the the actual overall special team snaps. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Let me just ask you really quick. So I'm assuming you have Emmanuel Wilson. Uh, Did you put together a practice squad as well or? So I, I haven't, but I would assume, yeah, Yeah. I mean, they, they'd keep, I I would think that they would keep both, which I think is an interesting situation with Goodson, right? I mean, Goodson was kind of a lot. I mean, he, he got first team reps on family night and that guy might go from first team reps on family night to with the shoulder injury, maybe getting waved injured. Right. And And just not coming back to the practice squad. That's what I have as well. I have Emmanuel Wilson on the practice squad. Obviously I have Patrick Taylor on the 53 and then I have Goodson Nichols waved injured basically because they're not back yet, which I'm assuming they're going to have to figure out an injury designation for them. And then Nate McCrary just being straight up cut. So I only have one running back on the practice squad. I'm sure they'd love to find a way to keep Goodson and Nichols. And if they can do so awesome, but um, with the injury, I think it certainly complicates things. And that's where I think things get start to get a little bit muddled with uh, some of the injury designations and whatnot. Yeah, with Nichols specifically, I mean, you have him still on a four-year contract. I wonder if they would place him on IR, but they're in a cap crunch, and the IR guys do count against your cap. So I don't know know. if they would just want to call their shot there. I mean, we already saw with Jake Hansen, right? Obviously, you know, his injury wasn't a huge deal, but they could have kept him on IR and then tried to negotiate a future contract with him if they wanted to. And they just said, let's waive him. Let's wave him injured and then release him with a uh, with a uh, injury settlement. So for what for what it's worth, I thought Taylor Wilson and Goodson all looked better than Lou Nichols anyway. So I don't know that it's going to be that big of a loss. But yeah, the, that I think the practice squad and injury stuff will be interesting. And then if they do keep the third or not, could easily see them going with two. But I had Taylor on for for my official prediction. All right, let's jump to wide receiver. Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Locks, and then you know where do you go from there with your next guys, and, and how confident are you in some of those next decisions? I fought Malik Heath. I fought Malik Heath up until the last preseason game, and then seeing him get the start at outside receiver um, was important. I mean, they didn't move around Jaden Reed, right? So nope. their role for Jaden Reed is just you're going to be in the slot every single time, and if – one of Dobbs or Watson goes out, you know, it's going to be Heath coming, coming up. Yep. Um, I think Toure is probably the next guy just based off of the way that they've used them. Dontavian Wicks is so kind of frustrating because you don't really know what you have because of the concussion. And then he had another injury later hamstring. on, right? Yep. Hamstring. Um, I think all those guys make the team. Um, and then after that, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're, Bob Melton, who a lot of people were excited about when he got picked up off of waivers, like 
behind the eight ball. If you're Grant Dubose, you're behind the eight ball. Like that's just it's the log jam at the wide receiver position. But I, I do I do think the fact that Keith was able to take that step and contribute on special teams in preseason game three um, helps him out. So you have six with Wicks, Toure, yeah. Heath, Reed, Dobbs, and Watson, right? Yep. All right. And then, uh, so releasing Dubose, releasing Bonds, Crest, Watts, and Melton. Yep. All right, we see. We'll By the way, du- Deuce Watts has a brother, a twin brother in college football right now. His name is Fat Watts with a PH. Amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Fat and Deuce. Fat and Deuce. That's phenomenal. And Deuce is spelt wrong too. It's D-U-E or, <laughs> or D-U-E, D-E-U, whatever it is. It's the opposite of what it should be. But either way, that is amazing. Um, we are three positions in and we disagree again, which is amazing. I have Dubose making it as well. I have seven on on the, on the 53, same that they kept last year, uh, except they only had the two running backs, but I'm, I'm going all in. Here, here's where I'm at. I don't, I don't think this Green Bay team should release anyone that has like legitimate potential. I don't care about like how many players are at, at each spot. And to me, Grant Dubose showed enough both in practice, well, mostly in practice that I don't want to give up on him quite yet. Like, I think there's enough upside there where I, I doubt he gets claimed, but I, at the same token, I like why, why even risk it? And, and if that meant releasing in my scenario, a Patrick Taylor, or probably I could name another player who we'll get to in a moment um, over that, then I would happily do so just to kind of keep the potential of that player I, I actually would have maybe leaned towards more of maybe even, and I know a couple other people initially mentioned this and I thought it, I didn't think anything of it, but Samori Toure is a name that I was almost closer to being like, maybe they move on from, except what complicated things there is Romeo Dobbs may not be ready week one and Dontavian Wicks may not be ready week one and Grant mm-hmm. Dubose is not ready to play. And then like, I don't know that you just want to go with Watson Dobbs, like Heath, like I, I don't, and then, and then probably Dubose would have to be your four in that situation. So I think Toure still makes it. And I think they ultimately go at seven. And I think they're, I think that's going to be a spot where you could have Wicks and Dubose probably being inactive for like every year, unless there's or every week, unless there's injuries. And then that's where you call up players to support on special teams with those guys being inactive. Okay. Here's a question I have for you. Now so Mario Toure seems to be like the number two kicking op- kick return option behind Keyshawn Nixon right now. The way that they're the team has played these guys out there, right? And I, feel, you know, I think he's the number three. I think I know that that's how they've done Reed. it. But I think it's Nixon, Reed, and then Toure, and then I think punt returner is going to be Reed, Nixon, right. and then Toure. I just I wonder if those reps end up going to Toure during the season. Because Nixon is going to be in the slot full time. Nixon, it's not like Nixon wasn't on the field on the defensive side of the ball during the preseason, but I right. don't think he returned a single kick. No, but I think I think he's going to. If I had to guess, I don't think they're going to stop the best kick returner in football last year from kick returning. Would be my guess. I do think if you go back and watch some of his punt returns last year, he was still dynamic, but I didn't think he was quite as good as a punt returner as he was a kick returner. And like you see him field punts and he, he never like drops it, but like, it is wild. Like it is, he, yeah. it is the most unorthodox. Like he's catching it over his head sometimes. Like he's all over the place. He all, like always catches it, but it doesn't it, like, it's not as natural. You watch Jaden Reed return punts and it's the most right. natural, like natural looking thing in the world. Like now, of course he's going to like muff the first three he gets an opportunity on just to make me look stupid. But um, it's literally like the, the most natural thing. So I, I, if I had to guess, I think especially because he'll just be done um, you know, playing defense on punt returns, obviously. And I guess he could be theoretically, you know, if they just scored or whatever, but I think they're going to let Nixon kick return. I don't think they're, I think they're going to keep him off a of punt return for that reason. Okay. That's the only other thing that like in the back of my head, I'm like, Toure can do this thing that most of these other guys can't. So yeah, it, it, it's I, I still lean, I still lean six and I still lean Toure over Dubose. The, the thing with Dubose is like, cause to your point, right. You're going to have to like, essentially redshirt these guys yeah i don't understand really what the clear benefit of dubose redshirting is if he's already behind these guys on the depth chart because sure he's on a four-year contract rookie deal that stuff has value watson dobbs and Toure are on three-year contracts and reed wicks and heath are on four so I, I, my counter would be you know and i know it didn't happen like all right away last year but like 
show me the reason why Rashid Walker, Luke Tenuta, and uh, Caleb Jones all need a red shirt for a season last year at at offensive tackle too, when you've got Zach Tom, Bakhtiari, um, et cetera. So um, yeah, to me, it's the, the, the biggest thing that I wanted to do first is keep the 53 as much as I could, the 53 most talented players on the roster and then, you know, figure like supplement the rest based on call-ups from the practice squad later, isn't it? And there's of course going to be injuries and then you can, you know, just sign the people that you need to fill in on certain positions after that. But to begin with, use your practice squad call-ups to, to supplement special teams. And if you actually need a depth piece later, and I, especially if you look at Goody's track record too, already probably having to release um, Lou Nichols at running back, him having to release two draft picks. He's, yeah, I don't, he's going to lose too much sleep over it. So I'm going, <laughs> I'm going Grant Dubose on the roster, but I, I, I could easily see a world in which Toure or Dubose don't make it either. I think the other five Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Heath, and Wicks are, are locks at this point, unless Wicks is hurt and they, uh, to, you know, to the point where they keep him on the initial and then IR him the next day to potentially bring him back. I, um, that could be a potential as well. But if we're just talking opening 53, I'm, I'm still going seven here. Fair. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll look at our discrepancies at the end. We'll do tight end and fullback all together, whatever we want to consider Pearson and DeGuara at this point. But um, I'll start on this one. I had three. I had Musgrave, Kraft, and DeGuara. No Austin Allen, although I think he did have a really nice last game. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he made it, but I think Musgrave, Kraft, DeGuara, I have a player later that I'm going to move to IR and then pick up a tight end via waivers or trade or whatever they end up doing. I had Pearson. Really? I had Pearson making it. In, I know he's dealing with the injury right now. Um, led the team in special team starts. Started on all four units in preseason week two, which was the last time that we saw him. You know, obviously injury is going to be a big thing here, right? Because I think if he is banged up and he's not ready to go week one, I, I think you just wave injured or IR him. And then, yeah, you, you hit waivers and go and pick up another tight end somewhere that can give you some sort of contribution there on special teams. Um, which is what I think he would be doing because DeGuara is already going to get those fullback snaps. But yeah, I feel f- real firm about Musgrave craft DeGuara. I think the people who are like DeGuara should get cut is he plays such a unique role for this team. Like it's just not going to happen. He just opens up the playbook for them. And I, I understand why you would want a backup fullback as dumb as that sounds. If DeGuara is a combo fullback tight end, yeah, and you need more special teams reps, and Pearson's that guy. Then I think you lean him. I I just think overall, if Pearson is healthy, you'd lean him over Austin Allen, in my opinion. That very well could be certainly based on special teams alone. It, I'm I'm assuming if you had to choose between Deguara and Pearson, would you go Deguara in that situation? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I, there was a part of me that that entertained the Deguara stuff for a little bit. Um, once Tyler Davis went down, I felt like it was just basically yeah. a no brainer at that point. Like it, even then, I think he was probably going to make it, but the Davis injury just cemented it, in my opinion. Musgrave, Kraft, Deguara, and you had Pearson. I had nobody, but I have them at some point after the initial fifty three, claiming someone or getting someone else on this roster in some capacity. That makes sense. I think there's a couple positions, right? That um, maybe guard. Safety. I don't. I, I think those are the three positions where Packers fans are probably going to be looking at the waiver wire and saying, "Like this guy's available on a cheap contract. Go pick him up." I think corner too could be a sneaky one, um, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. All right, offensive line. I'll let you take the reins here. Uh, how many do you have? First of all, ten. I have ten as well. If you, I have. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure we will not have the same ten, but you go for it. All right. Uh, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, that's going to be your starting offensive line. Yep. Swing tackle is going to be Rasheed Walker. Backup swing tackle now is going to be $4.3 million one-year contract. Josh Nyman. Um, your teeth saying it. <laughs> the backup guard I have is Royce Newman, and then his backup, Sean Ryan. And then the last guy is Caleb Jones, just because he seems like he's been playing decent. I know a fifth tackle on this team plus Elton Jenkins, who, like, would see the field at tackle before uh, Jones would ever get on the field. Um, I know I know that's a lot of bodies, um, but there's still, you know, a little bit of uncertainty with the Bakhtiari situation moving forward. So, And, you know, Nyman's only on a one-year deal. Who knows? He might get traded, like, by the time this thing gets posted. So The, the Yash thing is super interesting. Let's, let's go there first. I, you brought up the main thing, right, the $4 million deal. As your top swing tackle, as a starting tackle, you're cool with it. 
as your top swing tackle, you're probably still cool with it as your second swing tackle. That's a lot of money. And I do think, in a and I've I've talked about this a little bit before, like in a vacuum, I think it makes sense to trade slash cut. The only, my only hesitation is the Bakhtiari situation where like you could wake up tomorrow and just be like, Oh, not going to be able to play this season. And you just like, don't like, it's it's such a, you just a complete crapshoot with how many games he's going to be able to play this year. And I feel like if like you never had that injury situation, you feel really comfortable with Bakhtiari, Tom, and then, and then cheat as your, your swing guy. I, I think just in love's rookie or not rookie race first year as a starter, um, just having a little extra, you know, veteran offensive tackle there. If, if he needs to step in could be beneficial, but yeah, I'm, I, I think it's a legitimate possibility that Yash could be gone. Yeah. I mean, again, Bach, Tom Walker, Nyman, and that's not including Jenkins potentially yeah. kicking out and they seem to like Jones. Um, the big thing I think the Packers need to do at this point, right? Because I do think, you know, a, a premier swing tackle, which is what Nyman I think still is, I think they just like Walker, um, is like $4.3 million, That matches up. He's going to get more than that when he hits the open market. Here's the problem. Are the Packers going to spend in free agency? Because if they're going to spend in free agency next season, then they're not going to get a compensatory pick back. Yeah. So should you just get a pick? for this guy is and create some cap space. This is one of the, there's basically two ways for the Packers to create cap space right now. If you are looking at the safety market or something like that down the line, it's extend sure. uh, Rashawn Gary and then get, get Yash Nyman's contract off the books. Yash, Yash's contract is going to be the fourth most expensive in terms of cash for the Packers offense this year. He's the fourth tackle. He's the fourth yeah. tackle. So like he's going to make more in cash than Owen Jenkins is this year for perspective. I, I do think there is another like conversation potentially point here too, of like all those positions we just discussed. Is there like a three or $4 million tight end that some team has an extra tight end? Is there a three or $4 million guard instead of a tackle where they're like, you know what? We would rather have the guard than the tackle is the same thing at yeah. safety at potentially at a backup corner. If they can play special teams as well. Like I, I think that they could potentially swap And We know how desperate teams are for more offensive line depth. I, I think mm-hmm. that there could be a team that's like, Hey, we'll, we'll take, you know, the Yash in the contract and we'll give you some, one of ours that we have an excess of. And I think there could be a player for player swap there at some point as well. Yeah. And we're, even a fourth. I mean, I know we don't need another draft pick. What they're set for like eleven next year already. Like we're gonna have to cut draft picks left and right just because we're taking so many at this point. But yeah, I mean, gives you another opportunity, another at bat. Absolutely. All right. So, but I had one difference in you. I did not have Royce on my final fifty-three. I think he's. I think we've seen the end of the Royce Newman era. I did have. I think I'm gonna be the only person in the world with this name on the fifty-three. I do have Luke Tenuta on the 53 and I have two, I have uh, multiple reasons why a, I just don't know the extent of the injury. He did say it was the most, right. like Matt said, it was the most serious besides Tyler Davis, but like he didn't also say it was like the season ending. Right. And that was this, three weeks ago. We haven't had like any sort of update really. We haven't had any update and Tyler Davis went on IR and I feel like they they've had multiple opportunities to wave him release to pick up guys that they've picked up and they haven't done it. And it was just like, it's low hanging fruit at that point. Like, unless, unless you plan on keeping them on the roster for that first day and then putting them on IR, I can't think of a, a logical reason why you would not just do the, the Tyler Davis situation, wave him injured, put him on IR and then figure out the, the, you know, the injury um, settlement at a, at another point in time. The other thing too, that I keep going back to, if you remember towards the end of last year, when they were looking at like, when they were putting their active players together. A lot of times it was like Rashid Walker and Caleb Jones and those guys were on the inactive list or mm-hmm. like even, and, and Luke Tenuta was the one that was being active on game days. And I, I just, I don't know, like, again, those are the things that like just have stuck with me for some reason. I'm probably just wrong. I think that's the most likely scenario here. And they just you end up releasing him with an injury designation and he probably ends up on IR. But I just like the one thing I keep, I don't know why they wouldn't have done it already if that was their plans. And at, at full transparency, I put my full roster together of everyone that I wanted to keep. And I had 52 and I didn't have Tenuta on there in the first one. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to claim a tight end. So I need an extra roster spot anyway. 
after the day after you can put him on IR, you can bring eight guys back from, from IR through the course of the season. If you want to do it, um, that, that's where I went. I, like I said, I'm probably just wrong on that one, but I, I can't get out of my head that they haven't done it yet. And it, no, I, I, I think the logic there is sound. Um, Newman getting cut would be interesting. I mean, here, here's the problem with the Newman thing. I understand Newman has not been playing good. I yep. get that. But and, and people compare it to like Amari and stuff like that. At least you knew there was a player behind Amari who could play better than Amari. I don't know if that's the case with Newman. I don't like this team doesn't have a backup center. At this point, yeah. can we afford it, to lose the only interior offensive lineman who's a backup who has like any sort of playing experience in the NFL? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe, like, like if you pick a guy up off of waivers that you feel good about, I could see doing that. But you got to have, you know, the bird in the hand to be able to make that decision. Yeah, to me, Zach Tom's your first interior depth piece on the interior of the offensive line. So like if anything happens, left guard center, right guard, Zach Tom's going in and starting there. And then Rashid Walker is probably your next guy up at tackle. And then Yash after that at tackle. And then I think you have another guy that I think they feel better about now than they did at any point, obviously last year in Sean Ryan as your next piece after there. And I think from a center standpoint, we know Josh is your is probably going to be your day one center. Zach Tom is your backup center. Uh, John Runyon Jr. They've spent yep. cross training time at center all off season. We know Elton could be one of the best starting centers in the league at any moment that they want to make that move if they wanted to. And they tr- they cross trained a little bit of Sean Ryan at center as well. So like I, I, again, it's a lot of it's not ideal. I think you'd like to just keep Zach outside, Elton at left guard, Sean Ryan not at center, John Runyon Jr. not at center, etc. But fact that they've cross-trained all those guys and put them there um but you're you're a million percent right at the guard situation or position where it's like interior interior offensive line starts getting because if, if you look at it just from like all right Myers Runyon Jenkins Tom Sean Ryan you've got five guys even out of a group of 10 that can play interior offensive line at all at that point now, I think they might like um, MP a little bit enough to at least put him on the practice squad and like call him up if there were like a serious issue or whatever. But it does become a little bit of an issue if you have injuries after the, those first couple. I'm with you. I, I, I think the Newman thing is the really interesting one because I, I would understand the rationale. I'm just trying to think of like, how can you protect yourself a little bit so you don't have. Yeah. You know, you're, you're spending all these roster spots on offensive tackles, right? With the logic being, we need to protect Jordan Love in his first year as a starter. Don't have him lose confidence. And you're like, what, two injuries away from the guard position just being Obliterated. a void? Yeah. yeah. I just don't know that it's that much different with Royce on the roster. But yes, <laughs> I, I, do know what you, I do know what you mean. All right, let's continue on. Defensive line. Uh, I had five. I just I, I did not keep Jonathan Ford. I had him on in all my other iterations until the final one. Um, I don't think that they are going to fret losing him all that much, and I think they're going to be able to get him back in the practice squad. So I just went Clark, Slayton, Wyatt, Brooks, and Wooden. I want the logic that you did with Tanuta where it was, you know, they kept Jonathan Ford on the roster all last season. So they yeah. must seem to like him to a certain extent. They had a lot more, um, you know, proven production or production, at least experience at the NFL level, you know, on last year's defensive line. Um, I think Ford makes the team. Um, really, it's just, I think they need that extra body at nose tackle. Um, the Packers have been doing some interesting stuff. So obviously, Kenny Clark has moved to defensive end, right? Yep. From nose tackle. Um, so, so the starting defensive line is Slayton on the inside, Clark and Wyatt on, uh, as the ends, they do a really interesting thing in nickel looks though. So in nickel, they have Clark playing three tech Slayton playing the nose tackle, uh, on like rundowns, base downs, right. Um, running situations, but then in passing situations, Wyatt is the three tech and Kenny Clark is like the pressure nose. I just wonder like say Slayton goes down, right? And then your nickel look is Devontae Wyatt and Kenny Clark, which is like what they only really want to use on like passing downs and stuff. I wonder if Jonathan Ford can kind of like sub in for Clark there and and kind of give him a breather. Because Wyatt, I don't think he's going to play the nose. Wooden isn't going to play the nose. Brooks isn't going to play the nose. Like 
They just kind of need another one of those bodies if two of, you know, the only two nose tackles on your team are also going to be starters in the three, four together. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that as well. And that was my initial thinking as well with Jonathan Ford. Um, I don't know. I've, I've gone back and forth probably on that one more than just about anyone else. And I like, it is once you get after Slayton and Clark, like you mentioned, Wyatt Brooks, Wood, and none of them are great, are, are going to be great run defenders in my opinion. They're mm-hmm. more gap penetrators passed down. The the one thing I felt a little bit better about is, um, and it, not that it helps at nose tackle either, but a, they're going to play like 80% nickel if not more. And like, they're going to keep two of those, like two of those guys in and they're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting, but um, they've also, I, I don't think we've seen, um, you know, Lucas Van Ness really play on the interior. Yeah. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that come regular season. And I think that could give them a little bit more depth there too. Like I said, not, not saying that that's going to solve the problem that you just mentioned, but that kind of gives them a potential six defensive lineman as well. So, and the fact that he was used in the defensive line and in individual drills on like one of the last yeah. days of practice was like, uh-huh. Um, so I don't know. It wouldn't shock me if they kept forward. That's one I, like I said, I went back and forth on, but on my, my final one, I had uh, him off on just keeping the five guys Ford making the practice squad, obviously. Yeah. They unleashed hell in that, that like last practice when they didn't have fans around, huh? They had they, they did a little bit. They had Lucas Van Ness playing defensive line. And then they're like, yeah, we run the triple option now. Yes. Keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was literally like, I don't know if it was, you know, specifically scripted to like, give, like give the defense, like a test of like, we're going to run, like everything they ran triple option. They ran speed option. They ran yeah. um, Musgrave pop pass. They ran a reverse to Romeo Dobbs. They ran jet sweep to Aaron Jones. Like they just threw the kitchen sink at the D de- and to be fair, the defense responded pretty much really well. I think the Jones um, pop pass maybe got like 10, eight to 10, everything else. I think they held up pretty darn well again. So, um, but yeah, it was an interesting day. Solid. All right. Edge. I kept the six. I kept scary. Wow. Smith. Enigbare, Van S. Hollins, and Bretton Cox. Um, let me look at my numbers right now. 32 players got a start on special teams this summer. Brenton Cox was not one of them. I just find it very hard to believe that it's possible to keep a sixth outside linebacker. And that's just a numbers game. They already have Lucas Van S. He's going to be working on, on punt protection. Um, Kingsley and Igbare is going to be all over special teams. I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. And and maybe that's a situation where you look at Hollins' contract and you say, all right, this guy's on a one-year deal. Cox is on a four-year deal. Maybe we do think Hollins is the better player right now, but like we're swapping the contracts, right? Right. Um, is but, Was Hollins a core special teamer at all? Uh, he got in, let me look up the number. He got in on three. So he was like tied for like 15th in special yeah. teams. So not, not, nothing crazy. And a lot of that too was like week two. And in the preseason, they sat a lot of the starters on special teams. So like Donald Levitt wasn't out there, for example. Right. Um, And that's when Hollins got out there on like punt protection and stuff like that, that he's usually not going to be out there for. Like he's playing Quay Walker spot. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't consider Justin Hollins a, a core special teamer. That that's where I'm at. Like, there's just, there's no way, there's no way you can keep six outside linebackers. So you need to sit down and you need to decide on, do you want Hollins in or do or do you want uh Cox as the guy? I totally agree, but also I'm still keeping six. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> The, the, the Hollins is the interesting one. And I, I did toy very much full transparency. I did toy very much with actually keeping Brenton Cox off as well. This is one that I don't know, maybe, maybe crowd think um, influenced me a little bit too much recently. Cause I know everyone is very pro Brenton Cox and wanting him to make the team. Um, I do think there's some legitimate upside there. I don't think it's quite as much as people are hoping for slash expecting it to be, I'm also at the point where, and, and w- one of the things that stuck in my head quite a bit is Brian in his press conference saying the other day, like, we got to get better. And like, we've got to get, let these young guys develop so that we can be yeah. better. And I think part of this is how can you keep your young, talented players that could potentially be better down the road? And maybe you're right. Maybe that is just keeping Brenton Cox and releasing Justin Hollins there. That, that's why I think this is such an, a unique, like, I think they could go in a variety of different ways. And we'll talk about some of these guys in just a moment, but um, like the, the Dallin Levitts, the Carrington Valentines, the Eric Wilsons, um, like some of the, like 
some of these guys are veteran players on one-year deals that are just special teams guys. Like you don't, you don't want, uh, sorry, not Carrington Valentine, uh, Corey Ballantyne, sorry. Um, you don't want Corey Ballantyne, Eric Wilson, Dallin Levitt really on the field on defense in any capacity. Like they're basically just there for special teams, but they're also Wilson, Levitt, um, you know, specifically and kind of Ballantyne are a little bit of your older players too. Like if you told, and I, I would, I would be pretty surprised if they released Levitt because I think Rich Passaccia would literally like probably form a coup in some capacity. Levitt, like, Levitt does like really specific roles too. Yeah. Like he's, he's the furthest inside guy running down on kickoff. He's the punt protector, you know, on, on or yep. personal protector on punt team. Like it's kind of a little different. Like I, yeah. But if, I, you, I if you told me like they went in a direction where like, we're going to release the old guys and just go all young um, I could see a world where maybe that happens. If you told me that they kept the Wilsons, the Ballantines, the Levitts, the like core special teamers, like I could see that, like that, that's where I think, because I, I do think they're sort of in this unique no man's land where they do have all this like interesting young talent, but they're also like kind of wanting to compete. And they also kind of want to put out their uh, good special teams that, you know, and it just, I don't know. I, I could see them going in a variety of different directions. Rich is AHC now and he was getting head coaching offers, right? Your film is your resume. So like, yeah, stuff's interesting. Politics, yeah, it baby. Is. It is. All right. So you have Cox being cut in this scenario. I do have Cox being cut and right. yeah, I think he makes the PS. I, I don't, we always think that we're not going to get the guy, right? Everyone so, gets, someone's someone's going to pick him up. But. No, nobody gets claimed. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you there. All right. Uh, I have five inside linebackers, Campbell, Quay, McDuffie, Wilson, and Carpenter. Yep. I'm with you. I, I am a little iffier on Carpenter now, though. Me too. He's, he's not being featured as much on special teams as I would have thought. Um, I don't think he likes playing linebacker either. I don't think he really wants yeah, to be the, there. The way they talk about it is like they had to like sell him on that idea and stuff. And yeah, I don't think he wants to be there. I don't know. I have him, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if like, for example, like Henry Pearson made the team and Terry Carpenter didn't right. Yeah. Like a situation like that. So I, I'm, I am making that selection, but I'm holding it lightly. Same. I'm in the million percent, same category. I, I actually, I think I might, in my last one, I don't think I had Carpenter on the team, or at least I was going to have him cut. And then, I don't know. I don't think, it, like, some of the plays had at linebacker, too, has been pretty iffy. I don't know. And, again, how many guys that just play special teams can you keep on this roster is another thing, too. So I think he's young enough, seventh-round pick from a season ago, just making the transition. As you mentioned, not as much involved in special teams, but I think he still can be. Um, that's a really, really interesting one. That's another one that I think could go a variety of different ways. All right, I'll let you lead it with uh, corner though. Actually, by the way, that's only the second position that we've agreed on so far: linebacker and quarterback. <laughs> and we're both there. We go. Corner. Uh, corner. Uh, I have Jair, Russell, Nixon, Carrington, Valentine, and Corey Valentine. So I have all five of those guys. The Valentine thing is just he plays so many special teams reps, and I know we're like, how many of those guys can you keep? I think Valentine is is one of those guys. Um, the only guys who played who started on more special core special teams units this preseason were Levitt, Patrick Taylor, Eric Wilson, Valentine, Jonathan Owens, Enigbara, and Tucker Craft. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's up there with, you know, the most premium looks on special teams. It's what he did last year. I think uh, preseason game three, they had one snap of dime finally. And, you know, they threw him out there to get a look there. So, you know, we know that he's higher up on the depth chart than like Shamar Don Charles or um, Keandre Thomas in, in those type of situations, which is going to be important because, you know, we're going to have another outside corner coming off of PUP eventually in Eric Stokes. So speaking of which, I only kept four corners. I kept Jair, Razul, Keyshawn and Carrington. Um, this is where I was able to keep the the Patrick Taylors and the Luke Tenutas of the world. Um, my reason being here is none of them, none of the other corners on the roster to me are worth a 53 man roster spot. And this could be a situation where maybe they claim somebody and, and make a move the next day at that cornerback position as well. It also wouldn't shock me if Ballantyne and, you know, Keandre Thomas and a couple of those guys, certainly Ballantyne, but a couple of the other guys too, end up on the practice squad and you supplement your roster each week. 
Plus, you've got Stokes coming back at some point, who I think is going to be, you know, obviously the, you know, the a fifth guy on the roster. You've got Darnell Savage, who can put, you know, play in the slot in a limited capacity too, if you needed to go in that direction. So for the time being, I think you go four on the active. You call up Valentine for as long as you can. Call up Keandre Thomas or whoever, you know, whoever else for as long as you can until Stokes comes back and then you have five on the roster. Um, and then again, you could still call people up if you need to, to play some special teams, but I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything that, you know, outside of like, Oh, well you need them for special teams, which again, I think you can yeah. supplement by calling guys up of like why I would ever want to keep a roster spot for Ballantyne or Shamar John Charles or Keandre Thomas over guys like Grant DuBose or uh, Brenton Cox, who I would much rather try and develop and even redshirt, especially with the ability to call guys up from the, the practice squad. I guess it all depends on Basaccia, right? What does he think they're capable of and how much swing does he have? Because for the record, I, I think these are real questions. For the record, too, I, if, it, if I were to keep five, Ballantyne would have been the guy that I went with as well. And that was the yeah. guy I went back and forth with in a variety of different ways. Uh, but, um, yeah. Shamar I, had a really good week one showing. And then, he did. I really liked what he woo. did. That was like the only time I ever saw him play well in his entire yeah. time in Green Bay. Like, where'd this come from? Fire then, lit under his ass and then... We saw the same Shamar after that. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he has any chance of getting back. Even on the practice squad, I'd be pretty surprised. All right. Safety. I got five. I got Savage, Rudy Ford, Tavarius Moore, Anthony Johnson Jr., and Dallin Levitt. No Jonathan Owens. I put Jonathan Owens there instead of Tavarius Moore. Um, the injury thing, right? He has a knee. Yeah. We don't know how have no big idea. of a knee. It just not enough to go on IR. That's all we know. Um, Tavarius Moore was also a guy who got kind of phased out in week two of the preseason in terms of his safety snaps with the first team. Um, he got jumped by Anthony Johnson. So that was a little concerning. Jonathan Owens um, was the starter in preseason week one, was the starter on family night, is tied for fourth on the team in terms of special team starts. Um, that's all I'm leaning there. It's just basically like they've used him there. I don't think he's any good. He's bad. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think he's any good. Um, fun story with the Simone Biles' husband thing, but yeah, I, I just kind of think more is the odd man out because of the injury and the way you know the momentum has just kind of been going at the safety position. But if Tavares more made it and Jonathan Owens didn't, like my jaw wouldn't be on the floor or anything. It does complicate things though, right? Because if if more can't go week one, right? Like, yeah. or if he's like, if he's a couple weeks injured, and now we just we keep the five that I just mentioned. Now you've got Savage and Ford, and then Anthony Johnson Jr. is probably your next guy up at safety, yeah. and then Dallin Levitt after that. And I don't, you, again, I don't think you want Anthony Johnson Jr. or Dallin Levitt. I don't know that you necessarily want Darnell Savage or Rudy Ford at safety either. Yeah. But um, that's another. Levitt, you can't you cannot play him on defense. Which uh, Dallin Levitt? You mean? Yeah, Levitt, Levitt, you cannot play on defense. I've I've literally said take the S off by his name and just put a T next to it because he's not yeah. a safety; he's a special teamer. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll put him there nonetheless. But no, you you don't want him on the field in any capacity. So I, I do think that Tavarius Moore injury really complicates matters. The fact that Matt I think said it wasn't expected to be anything long term, and I think he even said day to day originally. Yeah. I will say this: this is not a perfect science by any means. There's been it hasn't always been this way but usually usually how it goes is the guys that are farther away from being able to return are inside in the Hudson Center and not doing any work outside and usually the guys that are closer to returning are going to be outside working with trainers and sort of almost like ramping up to get ready to return to get ready to practice the guys that have been ramping up ready to return to practice have been your um the the two running backs Tyler Goodson and Lou Nichols Everyone else has basically been off to the side or working inside, et cetera. So like I said, it's not a perfect calculus by any means, but usually it's almost like inside and is, is when you're not close to coming back, then when you're close to coming back, you're working outside with a trainer and then you get activated only in individual drills and then you're only, then you do team and then so on and so forth. So not a perfect science, but more often than not, it's in that capacity. And so far it's been just Goodson and Nichols that have been working on the outside that we've been privy to for whatever that's worth. No, I mean, that's good information. I mean, cut down to are, – are they going to have another practice before 
cut down? I don't know. Um, in fact, we're, we're pretty much done now. So we won't be able to see any more team activities. The next practice is Wednesday and it's individual only. And then we have to leave Thursday's individual only. And we have to leave nothing today, Monday, Tuesday, and then uh, nothing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then it'll be normal cadence starting the next week. Yeah, because I can't remember what season it was, but it was a recent season where they had like practice like the day of cut. Down. Yeah, it was last year. I'm almost positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was wondering, not this year, but yeah, man. I mean, if Moore's not ready, I just I don't think... know how you can do it. And that's just my line of thought. Maybe I'm a dummy. Maybe I'm wrong. Wouldn't be the first time, but that's just how I'm thinking. I've just I've I've watched all of that that uh, Jonathan um, Ford tape or uh, Jonathan Owens tape, excuse me. And it's man, it's not pretty at safety. It's not good. But... It's not yeah. good. We'll see. I, you could a million percent be right there too. All right. Specialists. What do you got? Well, I think Anders is going to win the uh, kicker's job. Clearly. So uh, I have Pat O'Donnell at punter. I just think like they'll probably be able to keep Waylon on the practice squad. And then next year you can just have Waylon in the tank. You don't have to decide when, you know, O'Donnell's contract runs out. And then Orzech is, is the, long snapper I have just because he's the guy getting first looks. Um, haven't been p- paying too much attention to the long snapper competition. Um, so maybe nope, I'm yeah. there that you're too. not alone. You're not alone. Um, yeah. I went Carlson and Orzek. I went back and forth a million times with Daniel Whelan and Pat O'Donnell. I ended up with Whelan. I think it probably might end up being O'Donnell, but like, this is one again where I'm like, Brian said they have to get better. And you're not O'Donnell's never getting any better. You know exactly what you have with Pat O'Donnell. He's 32 years old on a one-year deal. And this is probably it. And you might say like, well, just put, as you mentioned, like put Whelan on the practice squad or like, if he can't beat out 32 year old Pat O'Donnell right now on a team that's not expected to compete, like, it's just like, why even keep him on the practice squad at that point? Like he's either good enough to be your potential future punter or he's not. And like, just make that decision now. And I think he, I think he might be. I think at least there's there's a higher upside with Whelan than there is with O'Donnell. And I think Brian has made the decision that this is there's going to be some growing pains this year with how he's crafted this team. I think they still have the ability to compete, but your status quo with O'Donnell and Whelan has a team control, eight years younger, cheaper. Yeah. I think they go. I, I'm, I'm, it's a bold-ish take. And like I said, I went back and forth a million times, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick I with think it. Whelan got the first punt on. Uh, on Saturday with the first team uh, special teams. And they, they really, if you were, if, if you want to look at how the Packers are going to use their special teamers this year, it seemed like week three of the preseason was like them actually trying, trying. if that makes sense. Like sure. week two, throw that thing out. I mean, it's good to get the data on like who some of those, like where some of those guys end up playing, but it was mostly backups. The week three, I think is they were trying and they, they put out Whelan. So. I don't know. Interesting one. I, I just think of it from the contract perspective. I'm like, yeah, just use O'Donnell's last year. You already paid him the bonus and stuff you like did. that. And then you have Waylon coming off of the bench for, for next season. Yeah. And I think that very well could be the case too. And like I said, I think I'm probably just wrong on that one. I think they probably do keep O'Donnell. The holding is probably another really big thing um, for if you're going to have a rookie kicker, like give him True. an experience holder. So I think that's probably the one that I am the most trepidatious about is, is like the holding piece of it. But I'm going to go wheeling. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my guns on it. So here's where we came. Uh, overall, we both had love and Clifford at QB, no QB three. We both had Jones and Dylan. I had Patrick Taylor. You did not. We had Watson, Dobbs, Reed, Heath, Toure, and Wicks at wide receiver. I had Grant Dubose. You did not. I had Musgrave, Kraft, and DeGuara, which you had as well. You had Pearson, and I did not. Yeah. And then offensive line, we had nine of the same players, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom, Walker, Nyman, Ryan, uh, Ryan, yeah, Sean Ryan, and Caleb Jones with sort of an asterisk next to Yash Nyman if they can get something potentially in return. You had Royce Newman. I had Luke Tenuta. And then basically Tenuta goes on IR the next day and they pick someone else up. Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Wyatt, Carl Brooks, and Colby Wooden we agreed on. I had just those five. You had Jonathan Ford. I had, or we both had Gary Preston, Enigbare, Van Ness, and Hollins. I had Brenton Cox. You did not. Um, we both had Campbell, Walker, McDuffie, Wilson, and Carpenter at uh, inside linebacker. We both had Alexander, Douglas, Keyshawn, and Carrington Valentine at corner. You had uh, Corey Valentine at corner. I did not. And then we both had Savage, Ford, Anthony Johnson Jr., and Dallin Levitt. I had Tavares Moore. You had Jonathan Owens. We both had Carlson and Orzik. You had O'Donnell. I had Whelan. So, 
uh, what, one, two, three, four, five, six disagreements overall. That's not bad. That's not good to bad. Good congestion. That's good. Yeah. Like I said, what, it, for the most part, people are arguing about like those three, like three-ish, I guess like six is, is another number. Guys at the bottom of the roster, everyone else is kind of sitting pat. And that was with some hot takes. I mean, that was with four corners. I don't yeah. think we were going to get that. Yeah, I know. See, I'm I'm always thinking outside the box. <laughs> I also think like, Justin, this is how my weird, stupid mind thinks. Like, I, I think you could do some really crazy stuff where like if they really wanted to like keep guys on the 53 and put them on IR and sign guys back. I think you could legitimately go no punters, no long snappers on the 53 and get any of like, if, if somebody claims whatever, or like signs Pat O'Donnell, all right, we're going with Danny Whelan. If somebody claims Matt Orzik, all right, we're going with Broughton Hatcher. And I think you're probably just comfortable like getting any of those guys back. Like, I think you could legitimately do that with some of the guys were just like, screw it. We'll like, we'll figure this out after the case. We're going to keep our most important 53 first, put guys on IR and then bring guys back. I guess that is a, possibility i mean it's not a real possibility but that's how my stupid mind works so um i I don't think they'd probably do it with uh long snapper i think they'd probably keep their like the long snapper that they wanted unless it was like hatcher right if they literally liked hatcher better then like just cut both right and then again you could ir somebody the next day and bring whatever one back you wanted because nobody's claiming broughton hatcher yeah but yeah if you're pat o'donnell and you get waved by the packers at cut downs do you come back and sign I guess you want a job, but you probably want the job, right? Yeah. I mean, there have been situations before, especially like if like the Packers didn't want to make him a vested veteran, where like yeah. if like they kept wheeling for week one and then said, "Hey, if you're still around week two, we're going to pick you back up and add you as a non-vested veteran," unless Wheeling just like crushes it in week one or something. But um, like they teams do weird, you know, crap like that too, yeah. where like they don't want to pay a, a veteran like guarantee because he gets. If yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, if he's on roster week one, he's guaranteed the whole season, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so if he then didn't perform, right, that's when you get into the weird spot where it's like, uh, well, like that's probably how the Packers end up getting a guy like Rudy Ford too, yeah. right? Yep. Where it's just hey we want you to play special teams, but special teams is fluid. And we never know like when we're going to need to drop a guy, we can't commit to paying you for the entire season. So we're going to waive you and try to sign you back. And then lo and behold, the Packers are like, yoink. We'll mine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pick them up. Yeah. So I think that's going to be interesting. All right. So just to, to recap one more time, I had Taylor Dubose, Tanuda, Cox, Moore in Whelan. You had Pearson, Newman, Jonathan Ford, Corey Ballantyne, Jonathan Owens, and Pat O'Donnell. All right. One, one last question for you and then we'll get out of here. All right. Of all the guys that I kept, Patrick Taylor, Grant Dubose, Luke Tenuta, Brenton Cox, Tavares Moore, and Daniel Whelan, which one do you think is the least likely to be on the 53? Cox. Brenton Cox. And I know, and I know people hate it. I know there's a lot of Cox fans. <laughs> I'll, I'll put myself in timeout for that one. Didn't mean to do it. Um, there's no way you can keep six outside linebackers. There's no way. I think and I just can. don't. I just don't understand what the value even in that contract is when Gary's about to get an extension. Van Ness is going to be on a four-year deal with a fifth-year option. And Igbara has three years left on his contract. Like, is the Edge upside next year, being... baby? Edge four, 2024. Yeah, that's that's my thought. Is like so like the upside to redshirting him is that he's going to be a non-special teams playing fourth outside linebacker like this is a team be that, more value this is a team that has redshirted alex light uh vernon scott <laughs> tim boyle yash nyman which turned out pretty darn well yeah um man like caleb jones rasheed walker which has turned out pretty darn well Jonathan man, Ford, who you're it. trying to cut this is just uh do <laughs> offensive tackles like just redshirt offensive tackle although alex light didn't turn out either so um, but yeah, they, they, they do weird things to keep some of those guys around from time to time. So I think Grant Dubose, Brenton Cox, potentially a couple of your, your red shirt guys this year, but we, we shall see. All right. I'll do the same thing for you. Newman, Jonathan Ford, Henry Pearson, Corey Ballantyne, Jonathan Owens, Pat O'Donnell. I think Pearson's the least likely of that group. But no one I, likes my Pearson idea. I also not, think not one that, person. I will, if, if he was healthy, I could entertain it more. I think Fair. him yeah. not only like being probably a semi long shot, but also being hurt definitely doesn't help things. Um, but Royce Newman would be my, my co my next one on that list too. 
Um, but I, you make a good argument too. I don't know what they do at interior offensive line. If, if they, if they do release them. So if, if they can find another guard, I'm okay with turning Newman loose. Cause I'm not attached to the idea of Royce Newman playing football for, for the Packers this season. It's just the numbers game. I'm like, you guys are going to need something. And you know, Caleb Jones is way too big to be playing guard. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so we know Caleb can't play guard. I don't think Yash can play guard. Maybe Rashid could play a little guard, like maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that you're super pumped about that. I don't either. think they've cross-trained him there. So I don't think, no, I mean, one not. week of practice, I don't I don't think you're going to do it. I think it's probably Tom, just a guy. And then oh, for just, sure. Yeah, yeah. Bring, bring Walker off the bench. And then if Tom goes down, I guess that's when it's Sean, Sean Ryan, Ryan time. Yeah. yeah. Great. All right. Well, it should be interesting. Justice, this is absolutely amazing. Love going through this thought process with you. Uh, tell the people where they can find your work and follow you on socials. At J-U-M-O-S-Q on uh, ghost ghost Twitter, zombie Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, X Twitter. And you can find all my stuff at acmepackingcompany.com. We're covering the team. We're doing it every day. We're going to have podcasts up uh, every day of the week, I think starting next week. So... If you guys like hearing my voice, there's, there's more of it there. Go check it out. You're not going to be disappointed. Follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Find him at Acme Packing Company. You can follow the Packaday Podcast at Packaday Podcast. Me at Andy Herman NFL. That's going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.